Hello, friends, Maestro here, bringing you episode 372 of Maestro on the Mic, doing it Thursday, shorty style. In today's episode, I am outlining how to measure progress. I think that doing so is one of the number one things that can help you keep going and ultimately achieve the success that you are after. Going to break it down and also go into when I think it's time to dip. Throw in the towel. Say you're done. All this and more, but first, hey, DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion. And discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it poppin'. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get Maestro-fied. Three, two, one. Hello, friends of my short here, and welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. Today, we are talking about how to measure progress. And what got me thinking about this is I had my second tournament of the season of the summer. And apparently, I'm going to back it up. I say tournament weird. The moms that I play with were like, tournament? And I was like, yes, ma'am. It's spelled like that. And I guess a lot of people say tournament. I don't know. Either way, I had my second tournament of the summer, of the season not quite summer yet. And we did a little bit better. We won one game uh, and we did play better. And I was, as I was sitting there, I actually had a great, it was a great day. I had a great weekend. Uh, but as I was sitting there, I'm thinking about, you know, would people be like, this was a failure. You should quit. You should stop doing this. And I was like, you know what? Let me, uh, let me do a little episode. I actually kind of thought about it as well afterwards because my knees were hella sore. And I was like, I think people would also be like, yo, Maestro, didn't you do like all that needs of her toes stuff? And I see your whole garage is full of stuff. Why like, is it actually helping? And I was like, let me do an episode about this. So I'm going to break this episode into kind of three parts. The pre-measurement, the actual measuring of success. And then the last part is when should you throw in the towel? When should you call it, call it quits? Or when should you uh, dip? as, uh, what is his name, uh, Seth Godin has written a book about. So the first part here, before, to me, in my opinion, before you go to measure any goals, I think we want to have three things in place. And number one, I think you can already guess. That's going to be to make sure that the goal that you have is yours. If you're going after something that is for someone else because or because someone is pressuring you, one, it's incredibly hard to stick with that. But it can be very difficult to measure success because you may be measuring it by someone else's standards. So number one, the goal's got to be yours. Number two, set realistic goals. I, you know, as it relates to being realistic, that's going to be, I don't want to say based up, you know, on you and what you think, because reality does have some objectivity to it. But realistic for whatever is ca- you're capable of. So for me, you know, I'm not thinking about, oh, I want to play in, you know, compete in the Olympics. That's not realistic for me. Or, you know, back when I did CrossFit, oh, I want to have, you know, 185 or 200 pound snatch. It's just, this is not a realistic goal 
for me. And if I'm chasing after that, there's a good chance I'm not ever going to hit that. And maybe some of you listening to this are like, but you could do it. And I'm over here like, but no, I know for me, <laughs> that is not actually realistic. So I think it's important there to set realistic goals. And then number three, remember, we're in the pre-measurement phase here. Set goals that are related to the process. And this is actually going to tie into the actual measurement. But we all know when you're looking to build a habit, when you're looking to succeed, if you just focus on the final goal, the final outcome, the final product, you typically will struggle or you often will struggle to get there. Whereas if you set goals related to the process, it can be a lot easier to, one, hit those milestones and then, two, keep going. And then, three, ultimately achieve your goal. So if I think about you know, with volleyball, setting goals related to the process. My goal actually for this tournament, yeah, I want to win. Overall, I would love to win. I want to pool out. That means when you you win, there's three different pools in this case. Some tournaments have more than that. So a pool is a group of teams. If you are the win all the games or win the most games out of that group of teams, then you pool out and you go to cross over and play teams from the other pool. So yeah, I would like to do that. But as it relates to achieving that, there are steps. And part of that for me was I needed to focus solely on passing forward. That may sound so rudimentary, so elementary, but that is how sport works. That is how anything works. We need these smaller, what we consider to be smaller processes, and we build on them. And having a mastery of those basic things is what allows us ultimately to succeed. So my goal actually for this past tournament was to pass forward. That was it. And I absolutely accomplished that. And so for me, that is success. And I am absolutely able to measure success in terms of that. And it keeps me going. And I can see how it can, it can ultimately, you know, I can build on that success and it can lead to more success and the bigger success, the bigger goal that I have of winning one of these tournaments. So pre-measurement stage, we're going to, number one, make sure the goals are yours. Number two, set realistic goals. And then number three, set goals that are related to the process. As it relates to actually measuring your success, four things that I want to talk about here. And number one kind of ties into what I just said. uh, But in this case, I'm going to say identify multiple markers or multiple ways to measure success. So number one, or rather in the previous section, I spoke about how we should look to set goals related to the process. And if we do that, there's multiple things often that we can pull out of there and look to measure. There's not just one thing that we need to be focusing on in order to achieve said goal. So in this case, again, with volleyball, multiple measures for success. It could be, in my case, I just wanted to pass forward. That was literally it. Uh, Other practices that I've had, I just wanted to work on my closing step, or I should say step close. I want to work on my footwork so that I was behind the ball when I went to hit. Uh, Other sessions I've done, my goal was just to focus on keeping my elbow straight through contact and following contact. For those of you that listen and are into volleyball, thank you for enjoying this as much as I do. For the rest of you that are like, what the fuck? Thank you for still listening. But you see how I can identify multiple markers for success as it relates to my knees, right? Because again, if you look at part number one, I spoke about of setting realistic goals, my training age for my knees is very old. I've been playing sports since I was five. I'm 37 years old now. I played very high level sport, very aggressive sport 
for many years and didn't necessarily always have the best movement patterns. I've had surgery on both knees. And yes, your MRI does have value. I know we kind of lean into you are not your MRI, but also physiology does matter and does count and can affect someone's, it can contribute to someone's pain experience. I have a ton of issues, degeneration and such, uh, lack of cartilage, lack of, you know, meniscus in my knees. And as such, my goals are different than someone else's. They have to be my own. My goal is honestly never to be, I don't expect to ever be fully pain-free while doing these high-level activities. It doesn't seem realistic to me. But I can look at other markers for success, and that is that my knees don't swell up. They actually don't get swollen at all. Shout out to Anna Hartment. She had the phenomenal um, swelling reduction protocol and a swelling reduction online course. Uh, Courtney, if you could link that, that'd be amazing. It's just, it's a phenomenal resource. I've had her on the podcast as well. So Courtney, thank you. If you could link that episode, double, double appreciation there. Uh, but not being as swollen, um, not staying sore as long. So after the game on Sunday, knees were super, or actually not even both knees, just one knee was super sore, which is another form of progress for me because it's not both knees. One knee was super sore. And honestly, by the next day, I was able to go and do the stuff that I normally do. I played actually again on Monday. So I'm looking at different ways to measure progress, whether it's an increase in range of motion, a decrease in pain, a decrease in how long pain stays, a a change in the type of pain, uh, a lack of swelling, or a decrease in how long the swelling stays. All of those things are, for me, different ways to measure success as it relates to my knees, and I give you a few examples as it relates to volleyball. Suffice to say, I want you to come up with other ways to measure the success as it relates to the goal you're going after besides simply achieving that goal. And if you're kind of stuck, then we go back to the first part of this and we set goals that are related to the process, not just the outcome. Second part here, look to focus on one thing at a time. So I alluded to this earlier, how I said, you know, in one session, I was just working on keeping my elbows straight. In another session, I was worried, uh, focused on keeping my feet behind the ball. Uh, in another session or you know, this tournament we just had, I was focused on passing forward. So when I am looking to measure success, I'm focusing on one thing. I have all of these variables, all these ways that I can measure it, but I often I'm going to encourage you to look at one thing at a time and look to work on one thing at a time because we know when you chase all the rabbits, you go home hungry. Number three, and this is kind of implied, but I'm going to say it anyway, when it comes to measuring progress, you have to actually track and measure your shit. So it can't just be a guess. And one of the one of the ways that I actually was first introduced to this, or first realized this, I should say, is when I uh, did some nutrition coaching. And I, the reason I did nutrition coaching was because I track everything else. Like when it comes to sports, like I was doing CrossFit a ton at the time. And I knew my lifts. I knew how much I was doing. I knew what I could do. I knew how fast I could run. I knew how fast I could do 50 double unders, which usually takes about 30 seconds. I knew how long it would take me to do a certain number of wall balls or, you know, a certain number of burpees. I, I could measure these things. And so, therefore, it was easy to see if things had progressed. When it came to eating, I was like, but I don't know. And now the only reason that I wanted to know more was because, one, I felt like I knew everything else. I was tracking everything else. But I was like, maybe I should track this. Uh, and two, I was actually looking to put on some size. One of the things that we see with CrossFit is that it's not, you know, 
divided by weight class. And so some of the barbells that you're lifting are 135 pounds. I, on a good day, weigh 127 pounds. So everything that was heavier than me or, you know, the standard bar oftentimes would be around 95 pounds. And I was like, this is just kind of close to like how much I weigh. So maybe, you know, not maybe, mass moves mass. So my goal was to put on a little bit of size and help things, help myself out. So I hired Meredith uh, from Tactic Nutrition. I brought them on like four times to the podcast, uh, Meredith and and, uh, Alex, and worked with her to gain some weight and uh, promptly discovered that it was really hard to do that. And I didn't want to do that, you know, because I was able to do it. And then I was like, oh, but I have to like keep doing this if I want to stay like this. So that was not worth it. So I stopped. Uh, but that was, you know, one of my, one of the, the times that most clearly highlighted the value of actually tracking and measuring something so you can see the change and you can see if you are progressing. So self-explanatory, but got to put that in point number three. And then the last part here when it comes to measuring is eyes on your own paper. I said in the first part, making sure that this isn't a borrowed goals kind of situation and we're not you know, trying to measure success for someone else's definition or using someone else's gauge for measuring things. That holds true within this section as well. We cannot be looking at others and being like, okay, well, they're doing it faster. I should be able to do it because that person did it. Let's remove that word should because it's basically the worst. And we're going to focus on our own journey. How long it takes you is however long it takes you. So we had four parts as it relates to actually measuring success. Number one, identify multiple markers for success. Number two, focus on one thing at a time. Number three, actually track and measure your shit. And then number four, eyes on your own paper. Last part here is, well, when do you just decide like, hey, I'm actually not progressing here. I'm not making progress and something needs to change and maybe a drastic change of like, I just don't want to, like, this isn't for me. I don't want to do this anymore. So I, you know, I was on my walk this morning thinking about this episode and what I wanted to say for this. And I've said this in the past in terms of when I'm thinking about points that I want to make, I want to see that they hold up in, you know, pretty much any situation. Uh, And the situation I kept thinking about was when people go to PT for like, a million years. And it's like, well, why did you keep going? Like what? And then they'll be like, it didn't help. And, but part of me is like, but why did you keep going then? So that in mind, I want to start this part off in terms of when should you dip? When should you call it quits by asserting that it is incredibly subjective. I don't think that this, that this is as black and white as we want it to be. When should you stop doing something? Because I think at the end of the day, it all boils down to whether or not it's worth it for you. And that is something that you need to decide. You need to get in the driver's seat and take control of this and make those decisions. And so I think part of what happens when people you hear people like went to PT for a zillion years is that they, they didn't stay in, the, stay in the driver's seat the whole time. They kind of outsourced their health and how they're feeling to somebody else. And they were just like, yeah, you know, the doctor said to keep going. The PT said to keep going. So like I just did that. And... There was no time where they were like, but I felt that I wasn't making progress. So I asked these questions and we looked into these things and then we changed this. It was just the doctor said to do this. The PT said to do this. So I did it. So 
from the get-go, from the, the jump, from the, you know, the most important part I think about this, what, this concept of, or this section of when should you dip, when, when should you decide, I'm not making progress, I'm going to stop. It's going to be very subjective. It is based on what is worth it to you. And therefore, you must be in the driver's seat. Take back your power. Take back your autonomy. In general... I will say this. I think that uh, it would behoove most people to hold on longer as it relates to physical pursuits and perhaps to be a bit more willing to get rid of uh, relationship things. I kind of see like people be holding on to relationships and just staying in it too long. And then when it comes to physical pursuits, you did it for one time and they're like, ah, it didn't work. I'm not doing this. Not worth it. So again, though, it, that, last, that, that last statement, their last statement there, worth it. It's got to be worth it to you. And for some people, it'll be worth it to keep going. And for others, it will not. In general, you folks know that I love that 18-month number as a kind of magic number for giving something a try. Definitely a year. Uh, especially when it comes to anything physical, but you know, even injury-related, right? We know we gotta give that shit time. But eighteen months is really a a magical number when it comes to seeing like, did I get traction? Is am I experiencing experiencing success with this thing? And if we tie that back to the second portion of this podcast episode, I spoke about identifying multiple markers for success. And when you do that, within an 18-month span, if you're looking at multiple markers for success, oftentimes you will find that success. If you're, let's say, you're just looking at weightlifting, yes, it could be that you have an ultimate goal of lifting X amount of pounds, but if we are looking at the form that you're able to maintain, if we're looking at overall reps, if we're looking at rep speed, right, quality of the movement, we can look at those things for markers of success. And maybe you haven't hit you know, that 300-pound deadlift, but suddenly you're doing 250 for reps and the form looks great. You're having no pain issues, you know, problematic soreness afterwards, and that is progress towards that ultimate goal. And you can continue with what you're, you're doing. Um, last part here, we just talked about, you know, people in general holding on longer for physical things. The reason that, I, that I'm ultimately trying to say with this is when the things that need to change are related to you or the things that you are looking to change are related to you and are, are in your control, it makes sense to hold on longer. When the things that need to change in order for you to experience a success are outside of your control or they are someone else, then it, be, be, it would behoove you to take a step back and say, is it worth it for me to continue with this? And so that's why as it relates to you know, changing your body, getting stronger, getting faster versus a relationship, we see a difference because you can't change people, but you can change your body, right? So if the thing that you're working on is in your control, it's things about you that you can change, I do believe there's so much value in holding on longer than not. If the things that need to change in order for you to experience that success are outside of your control, if they are related to, you know, someone else. It's part of a business that, you, you know, you work for this company and you need all these things to change within the company. Then it behooves you to take a step back and say, is it worth it for me to stay? 
obviously, then you want to make sure that you've exhausted all of the things that you can possibly do to actually change this. And that ties into the measurement of, of progress, right? where we can identify multiple markers for, for progress, for success. We can you know, be like, all right, I'm going to try and focus on that one thing, I'm going to focus on another thing. And if we've done all of that and we're still like, I am not progressing the way that I want within this company. I have done the things and I've spoken to, with people and I am not moving up this ladder the way that I would like and I've given it the time. Well, that's outside of your control. You know, that's, there are parts of that that are outside of your control and that's when you have to say, is it worth it for me? For some people, it will make sense for them to stay in it longer. They're like, hey, there is stability here. There is financial safety here. I have a family. I need to you know, do this for whatever reasons there are. I have a lot of debt. I don't know. Whatever reasons are worth it for you, then you stay. If you decide ultimately, you know what, this is not worth it, then you go. And that ties into that first point, which I think is the most important point, that determining whether you stay or go based on a lack of progress is going to be subjective. And you must be in the driver's seat because you are the subject. All right, let's recap that and then we will wrap it up. So in today's episode, we were speaking about how to measure success. I broke it down into three parts. The first being the pre-measurement phase, important things there. Number one, making sure the goals are your own. Number two, setting realistic goals. And then number three, setting goals related to the process. As it relates to actually measuring, I said relates twice, but we're going with it. Uh, as it relates to measuring said progress, four parts that we went over. Number one, identifying multiple markers for success. So we're not or multiple markers for progress, so that we're not just focused on the outcome, right? I only made progress if I get, you know, to this end outcome. That can be very, very, very tough, and it's a pretty good way to guarantee that you'll stop early. Number two, once you've identified these multiple markers, let's focus on one thing at a time. Number three, track everything. What gets measured can get monitored. What gets monitored can get changed and improved. And then number four, keep your eyes on your own paper. Last part of the podcast episode, we talked about when to dip. When are you like, yo, I'm not making progress. I'm out. I think that the most important part of this is, that under, is understanding that it is hugely subjective and all comes down to what is worth it for you. I perhaps could sit and try to think about some parameters, but that's really not how my brain works, like parameters of what makes it worth it. But that, that's not how my brain works because I, I honestly feel that it is so subjective. And the ultimate thing you need to do is take control. Make sure that you are in the driver's seat and determine, is it worth it for me or not? And that ties into that first part, no borrowed goals. In general, yeah, I do think that people should look to hold on perhaps a little longer when it comes to physical things, namely because it's things that are within your control. If you have the ability to greatly affect the outcome, and we'll say solely affect the outcome, it's dependent on you, then yeah, to me, it makes more sense to hang on and hold on, stick around longer than, than, you, than not. Considering the points that I laid out before, so it relates to specifically measuring that progress. And the biggest one being, did you give yourself multiple ways to measure the progress, right? Of course, we're looking at that kind of magic number of 18 months. I do believe that if you give yourself that much time and we are looking at multiple markers for progress, you will oftentimes see 
some form of progress within that time. And then it's up to you to determine, is it worth it? Because maybe you're like, dude, this is just really slow and it's not worth it. This, you know, case in point with my trying to gain weight, I was like, this is not worth it for me. So I'm not going to keep doing it and I'm going to dip. But the most important thing being you've decided it's worth it or not for you. You put yourself in the driver's seat and you take full control. All right. We're going to keep this as a true Thursday Shorty, I don't have any announcements for you or anything like that. Just giving you a little, my little hot take on how to measure progress in the light of recent tournament and knee-related events. All right, officially going to wrap it up here. As always, endlessly appreciative for every single one of you. Until next time, friends, maestro. Maestro.